Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yankees, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and I'm your host, Don. Today, I'm going to be discussing Major League Baseball, 2023 MLB rule changes, and looking forward to 2024 automated strike zones in Major League Baseball. So let's go ahead and get started. So in case you missed it, Major League Baseball is going to be implementing some rule changes heading into the 2023 baseball season, and also potentially another one in 2024. I'm going to be detailing the changes um, and giving my perspective on each rule and see what we can expect with some of these rule changes. So why don't we dive right in here? So in 2023, there's going to be a few changes. One of them is going to be a pitch timer, which I think is going to have the biggest effect on everyone. Um, and in an effort to create a quicker pace of play, there's going to be a 30-second timer between batters. So that's it. 30 seconds between batters. And that will be quite a change for Major League Baseball. That's it. The ball's in play. you got 30 seconds, and that's it. Um, once, once the batter the plays over, 30 seconds the pitch has to be thrown. Between pitches, there's going to be a 15-second timer when there's no one on bases, right? So you throw the pitch, you get the ball back, you got 15 seconds to release the next pitch. And when there is someone on base, you're going to have 20 seconds to throw the next pitch. Uh, To detail some of the actual rules here, a pitcher must begin his motion to deliver the pitch before the expiration of the pitch timer. And pitchers who violate this timer, right, who don't get it off in time, they're going to be charged with an automatic ball. Now, batters who violate the timer, if they're not ready to go, they're going to be charged with an automatic strike, which I think is equally good. So the way that's going to work is batters have to be in the box and apparently alert to the pitcher by the eight-second mark. Okay, so when the countdown's going on, apparently there's going to be, you know, pitch counts, right, pitch timers that everybody can see. And this pitch timer, when it gets to the eight-second mark, if the batter is not in the box and looking at the pitcher it's going to be an automatic strike, which is pretty good because you can't put it all on the pitcher. These batters step out, grab their crotch, turn around, wax the bat, do this, you know, pine tar, look at the third base coach, you know, so they're as culpable almost as the pitchers for everything taking so long. So with runners on base, the timer is going to reset if the pitcher attempts, you know, a pick off or steps off the rubber, things like that. Now, pitchers apparently are going to be limited to what they're calling disengagements, two disengagements, they're calling it. And a disengagement is a pickoff attempt or stepping off the rubber. So you're going to be allowed two of those per batter, right? So for a particular batter, only two times can you basically, you know, do a pickoff attempt or step off the rubber. That's it. Um, However, uh, apparently the limit is reset. If like the, you know, a runner steals a base or something like that. So there's some, you know, intricacies to this. Um, If, you know, you throw over twice and you then attempt to throw over a third time, right? So you can try to pick someone off two times, right? Two disengagements, right? That accounts as a, you know, stepping off the rubber or throwing the first. So basically I'm going to call them pickoff attempts, right? So you can do it twice. If a third pickoff attempt is made, the runner automatically advances to the next base if the pickoff attempt is not successful. So if you throw over and the runner ends up being out, for example, um, then he's out. 
But if you throw over and the runner is safe, he gets back to first. He still gets to go to second, for example. Okay, so that's how it's going to work. Now, you know, there's all this other stuff where, you know, mound visits don't count as far as these, you know, disengagements and injury timeouts and things like that. But that's all, you know, whatever details. And apparently umpires can provide extra time during this pitch timer, you know, and things like that if, you know, there are special circumstances. So this is all in a move to speed up this game. You know, you got to get the pitch off 30 seconds from batter to batter, 15 seconds in between pitches, 20 seconds with runners on base. You can only throw over two times, two disengagements, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, it's it's going to be weird, I think, did this one. Um, in the end, I think it's good for baseball. I didn't quite know how to feel about this particular one. Um, baseball has always kind of been this uh, good sort of, as I'm growing up and I think about it, this lazy summer sport, right, with all the green grass. It's not tied to any clock. And honestly, it's unlike any other major sport that I know, particularly in the U.S., right, um, where, you know, you're not tied to any kind of timer, right? Football, basketball, hockey, there's a clock. There's a timer. Baseball, it's just you're, you were never tied to a timer until now. But honestly, you know, the players and the coaches have essentially forced MLB's hand in this because, Baseball's losing fans to other sports because these fucking games drag on and on and on and on. And, you know, think about it. Any of you who either are younger, you know, maybe in your teens or growing up and um, or maybe you're an adult and you know teens or have your own kids that are that are younger. Um, you know what attention spans are like, right? You know, you if you're sitting there and someone is stepping off the rubber and the batter is stepping out. You know, and they throw three pitches and then the manager comes out to talk about him. And the guy walks over to talk to the first baseman, you know, and then there's ball one and the batter steps out. You know, they the games drag on and on and on and on. And it's very hard to hold people's attention nowadays. And I think that because of the way that the game has evolved, if you ever watched a game in the 70s, it wasn't like this. But nowadays, what I just described is what happens. And as it evolved over time. Um, it took, everything takes longer and longer and longer. And the result is you have people, especially younger people that will not pay attention as this goes on long enough. You have your phones, you have other sources of entertainment and people are not going to sit through three and a half, three hour, 45 minute boring games. And there's too many of them in baseball nowadays. Saying a game is long, is doesn't always, isn't always the equivalent of it being boring. But many times it is. Um, some of the longer games are exciting. Sometimes the score is very high, and that drives up the the runtime of the game. But other times it's you know the score is you know four to two, and and it's three hours and ten minutes, and you're in the bottom of the seventh inning. It, that's just not acceptable. You can't have a normal baseball game with a normal score going three and a half, three hours and forty five minutes. It's not a good experience for anyone. Not for anyone. Now this change in particular should shorten games significantly. Apparently, when they tested this in the minor leagues, the results were very impressive. Um, the games were almost, I don't know, 30 minutes shorter. Something was like 28 minutes. I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. But apparently, it's effective. And it makes sense, right? You know, if you've got to get the ball, throw the ball, get the ball, throw the ball, that speeds the game up. And for me, as a viewer, I know that for me, I will be more engaged. Because I'm one of these people. I'm not young, but... You know, I have my iPad in front of me when the Yanks are on. I'm sitting there and uh, Boone's coming out again. I want to just, you know, shoot myself in the head here. But but 
you know, I'm like, okay, let me look down at the iPad and I'm going to scroll on Twitter. I'm going to see what's going on. And, you know, before I know it, I've missed the next three batters because I, I was so bored of the game. And it this will help. I, I think having continuous, more continuous action, quicker pace of play, batters standing in the box, not walking around, looking at their, grabbing their crotch, picking up dirt. You know, they're actually in the box ready to ready to hit. I think this is good for the game. I think it's good for the fans. I think it's good for everything. And I'm still mixed. Having said all that, I think my opinion is still mixed on this. Because baseball, you know, I guess the best way to put it is this. While it will hereafter kind of lose its uniqueness as the only major sport to not be on some kind of clock, right? And that's what's going to happen. I think the players brought this on themselves. And I think it's probably warranted in order to keep games at a reasonable pace and to attract younger audiences. So, I think this is necessary. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not happy that it had to come to this, but I think at this point it's probably a necessary thing for Major League Baseball. So that's the first big rule change, the pitch timer and thrown over to second base. So pace of play. Second change that they're implementing in 2023, defensive shift limits, where you can put your players. As everyone knows now, for 95% of the players, they come up to the plate and all of a sudden you got three infielders on the left side of the infield or the right side of the infield because everyone fucking pulls the ball now. Nobody can hit the ball the other way, right? So, you know, what happens is you take away hits. This is another thing I think that drives potential fans away is that it's harder and harder to get a hit. Not only are pitchers better and throw harder and have more pitches nowadays, but with the shifts, you have to be much more fine with where you hit the ball, assuming that you continue to pull it like everyone does, in order to get a base hit. Well, that's about to change. In 2023, this is the rule. Okay, I'm just going to read it. The defensive team has to have four players, minimum, minimum of four. You can have more on the infield, right? And at least two infielders have to be completely on either side of second base. So... Now, there's obviously things you can still do, right? You can put your second baseman right next to second base, you know, as, you know, so you can't have three people to the left of second base, but you can have two to the left and one right up near it, right? Um, So four people at least on the infield. You can't put one of them in the outfield. So four on the infield, at least you can put more and two on the left and two on the right of second base. It has to be that way. Um, they have to stay on the dirt. They can't be in the outfield. The four infielders, you know, must, the official rules within the outer boundary of the infield, right? When the pitcher's on the rubber. So that's when everything gets called, right? So once he gets on the rubber, if you are in a wrong position, then you're going to get an infraction. Infielders also, by the way, cannot switch sides, right? So you can't like, put your shortstop where your second baseman is or vice versa because a lefty got up or things like that because he's a better defensive, you know, person. That is not acceptable either. Your shortstop has to play at short. Your second baseman has to play at second. Your third baseman has to play at third. Positions have to stay where they are and you have to have two on each side of second base, which is, in my opinion, very good. Um, And apparently if the infielders are then not aligned properly at the time of the pitch, the offense has a choice, right? The batting team can choose whether, you know, to take the result of the play, for example, or you can get a ball called on the batter, right? So if it's ball one, it would be ball two. Or if you already had two balls, it would be ball three. If you had three, it would be a walk, right? Um, 
if they're not aligned properly. Or, you know, if you get a hit or a double, you can choose the result of a play. So that's the rule there, right? Um, you can put an outfielder in the infield um, or in, like, the shallow outfield grass in certain situations. Um, so you can have five infielders, for example, but you cannot cannot have four outfielders. So you can bring an outfielder into the infield, but you cannot bring an infielder into the outfield. Um, and I like this rule a lot. I got to say, I, I fucking hate these shifts. I can't stand it. Um, they've been the bane of my existence. Now, I... On the other hand, I can't stand that all the major league hitters nowadays just pull the damn ball. So, again, this is something brought on by themselves. But in this case, I actually like it. And I prefer this rule. Um, I, I like that you can't overload one side. I hate shifts. This is going to help batting averages. It's going to help games be higher scoring. It's going to help with the excitement of the game. It's going to help attract and keep more viewers because – you know, if you take the combination of the last two things I said, you know, speeding the game up and limiting shifts, those lead to more exciting games and I think to more, you know, engagement with the viewing audience. So I think this one especially is, you know, a really good thing. And as I said, I hate shifts um, and it will help batting averages a lot, especially for pull hitters. For example, everyone who is not named DJ LeMahieu, you know, their, their batting average will definitely go up because, you know. They're not going to have to hit through three people anymore, just through two, since they always pull the ball. So number two was defensive shift limits. Number three, the last change being made um, in the 2023 season, bigger bases, <laughs> which cracks me up. So basically, they are making first base, second base, and third base bigger. Instead of a 15-inch base, it's going to be an 18-inch base. This will create all of a four and a half inch reduction in the distance between each base. Whoop de friggin' do. <laughs> this, I don't understand what the frig they're doing with this one. This one is so overhyped, and they keep talking about next year we're gonna have the bigger bases and this. I mean, I don't care about this one way or the other. I mean, I predict this change will barely matter. But it will be completely overhyped. So think about this. Every time someone like next year steals a base, they're going to say, ooh, the new bigger bases really help there. I mean, please spare me. You know, it, honestly, this just seems like a pointless, pointless change. But whatever. They're getting bigger bases. So slightly shorter distance between, you know, bases. You know, maybe you can get a little bit bigger lead, blah, 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 whatever. I mean, it just it just seems silly. In any case, whatever. So let's recap. 2023, there's going to be three major changes to Major League Baseball rules. Number one, we reviewed there's going to be a pitch timer, right? And this seems good. You can only throw over twice to first base, second base, whatever, when there's a runner on. This is good. There's, by the way, the pitch timer also applies to the batting timer, right? So if he's not ready with eight seconds left on the pitch clock, it's a strike, which I love. So that's number one, the pace of play. Number two, defensive shift limits. Excellent. I'm fully in favor of this. Two people on the left, two people on the right. You can't put an infielder in the outfield, so there's four friggin' outfielders. Excellent. Very, very good changes. And then the third change for 2023 is bigger bases. Whatever. Nobody cares. 
All right, so that's 2023 changes. Interesting. I wonder what you guys think. Um, overall, I think it's going to be helpful. Honestly, I do. Um, with the way baseball is nowadays, it certainly can't hurt. So uh, I'm excited to see the game shortened and the games more exciting. I, I, I am very, very hopeful that this will provide a more engaging kind of atmosphere for the fans. Now, I want to move on and talk about a potential change coming the following year, 2024. Um, it's not going to happen this year, but it is happening in all the minor leagues already. And Major League Baseball is seriously considering introducing an automated strike zone for batters at the plate. Basically, you essentially don't have a home umpire for balls and strikes. I guess he's there, but he doesn't call balls and strikes, which is just fucking batshit crazy and you know, it comes with all kinds of stupidity around it. And I don't like it for a lot of reasons, a lot of reasons. Um, so a computer will call balls and strikes, right? We've all watched, you know, baseball on television and pretty much every single broadcast now includes this little box that you see, right? Over home plate, the strike zone, right? And they're implemented different ways. Some of them, it's a red box, yellow box, white box, and it, you know, it's more rectangular or square, but it indicates the strike zone. And apparently they're going to have that. And if the ball lands within that zone, something the computer will indicate it's a strike or a ball, depending on what it senses, right? And this is going to be absolutely horrible for so many reasons. The, the major reason is the high and low part of the strike zone. And I'm going to talk about this in some detail because I have very strong feelings about this. So, so let's think about how this works, right? Um, inside and outside strike zones, right? Where, what kind of pitches inside and outside? That seems like we have the technology to get that right almost all the time, right? Technology is now good enough, right? To have confidence that a computer can determine automatically if pitches are inside and outside, in my opinion. I, I think we have come far enough that that is certainly possible, right? There's a given area at home plate, you know, the width of the plate, where if a ball passes in between, it's a strike. This remains constant over time for every batter all the time. And over the past couple of years, the accuracy of this seems to be proven out over time. We've seen a million slow-mo replays about, is the ball inside, outside? And most of the time, at least on yes, with the way their strike zone is, if it says it's outside on the little square on the YESMA, when they show the overhead replay, it generally is outside. If it says it hits the corner, it generally hits the corner. The the inside and outside seem pretty reliable, and the technology seems pretty good that I think a computer can accurately call inside and outside strikes pretty well. And let's face it, the reason is it's a universal lateral strike zone. Inside and outside is the same for every single batter on the planet who ever lives. So it will never change, and you have technology nowadays who can do that, and fine. They can get that part right. However, here comes the problem. Determining high and low strikes. High and low strikes are 100% different, not the same. They're different for every single batter. There is no constant line that says this is high and this is low. Because you can't say a foot off the ground is the low strike and, you know, three feet off the ground is the high strike. Because it's not like that. In baseball, you know, for new listeners, right? The top and the bottom of the strike zone is determined by the height of that specific batter, right? And if you are not didn't know this, right, currently the rule is it's the specific 
batter's knees, right? So that's the, the low part of the strike zone, right? Did it hit his knees? All right, is it below the knee or above the knee? And by the way, you know, somebody's knees can be four or five inches high, right? So at one point, at what, what part of the knee? Any part, the top part, the bottom part? Anyway, still, it's the batter's knees, right? Um, and then the top part of the strike zone is um, basically from the midpoint of the batter's shoulders and the top of the uniform pants, right? So, you know, essentially the front of your sort of belly button area where your the top of your pants are, okay? Your uniform pants. That's the top of the strike zone. It used to be your armpits, but nowadays it's it's all the way down lower and it's, you know, basically your belt, right? So where where your friggin' top of your belt is is the top of the strike zone. Now, technologically, I want you guys to under help me understand this. Technologically, how are the top and the bottom of the strike zone going to be programmed into, into the computer for each batter? I want to know how the computer can tell, you know, Chuck Knobloch strike zone <coughs> accurately from Aaron Judges, right? How is that going to be possible with accuracy, right? It might be able to guess, right? It might be able to, what's it going to do? Scan the person, um, determine his height. Again, inside zone, outside zone. Home plate is the same. It's exactly the same position for every batter in all of history. That can be determined, right? But the height, right? What is a low strike on this particular batter? What is a low strike on this other particular batter? It differs for every single batter that goes up, depending on how tall they are, how much they crouch, this, that, the other thing. It's different. Every batter is different. That's what umpires are for. They see if it crossed that batter's knees. Was it higher than that batter's belt, belt buckle, Right? So it's not the same. It's not constant. And as a matter of fact, it changes for every single friggin' hitter that steps up to the plate. So what I want to know, is there a person putting the heights in, the low part of the strike zone and the top part of the strike zone for every single batter that ever starts to bat in, in home, you know, in Major League Baseball? You know, who's going to put it in the midpoint between the batter shoulders and the top of the uniform pants? Who's going to enter that technologically into the computer so that the strike zone accurately predicts what's not predicts results in a correct top of the strike zone and bottom of the strike zone. Does this supercomputer AI somehow determine the batter's knees on its own? If no person inputs it, if it does, how does it do so accurately? How, how is that possible? Right? Again, inside, outside, the pump plate's always where it is. We know where that is. Up and down differs for every person that's in there. Is anyone here confident that the top of the strike zone and the bottom of the strike zone are going to be accurate with automated strike zones? I mean, what, what a silly example. What if a batter crouches more on one pitch, right? Because then the strike zone goes down, right? Maybe it's programmed in somehow for that batter somewhere, and then he crouches. You know, the strike zone goes down. If an umpire's there, we know it, right? But if there's a computer there, it might call something completely wrong because the strike zone has moved. I mean, does it lower automatically? I kind of doubt it. This is really stupidity. I fucking hate this. Automated strike zones seem like a disaster waiting to happen. It just seems like utter stupidity. There's going to be problems. And I think this is an absolutely terrible idea for a rule change. And th think about this, right? We've seen lots of replays of pitches, right? Anyone that's watched baseball, you know, for a close pitch, they show the replays in slow motion from all kinds of angles, overhead angles, side angles, whatever. And you have that box overlay, right? And talking about 
you know, high strikes and low strikes now, right? We already talked about inside and outside where they show it nipped the corner on the outside. They show the overhead replay and sure enough, it nipped the corner. And that almost always happens. It's pretty damn accurate. But think about the the other part of what I'm talking about. Think about, um, I'll take an example I know very well, Aaron Judge, right? Uh, they show it in the box and it shows it nipped the, bo- the bottom of the box or something, right? Barely touched the bottom of the box, whatever. And then they show a side angle showing where the pitch actually was. And the pitch is like six to nine inches below Judge's knees, right? So it's utterly 100% a low pitch, right? And that's just one example, right? Now, again, this goes to what I'm saying. How is this computer determining what is a low strike and what is a high strike? There might be some ability to move it, but it's never accurate even now with the boxes that are displayed. I cannot possibly imagine how it'll be accurate with computerized automation technology. How many times have we looked from a side angle and seen pitch that was really way too low on judge or everyone else, right? It's not accurate now. It won't be accurate when they try to implement whatever this automated strike zone is. You see it over and over, right? And it's just, um, there's going to be problems. I would say be ready for some insanity in 2024 peeps. If major league baseball decides to implement this, um, Horrible, horrible, horrible uh, automated strike zone and and not even having whole plate umpire for calling that. It just seems so ridiculous. And then there's going to be challenges. Oh, I'm going to challenge a strike. That's just what I want. Fucking challenges for, uh, you know, I hate replay in every way, shape or form. And if you don't, I do. I fucking hate it. I, all I would want it for is like home runs and no, no other calls. But in any case, now you're going to add additional replays for strikes. I mean, oh, God, you're trying to speed the fucking game up. Can you imagine challenges for strikes all the time? I I can't even take it. I can't. But anyway, just I'll do one last recap and then I'm going to be out of here. So 2023, three big rule changes, a pitch timer. Very good. Um, Defensive shift limits. Excellent. Can't wait for that. Bigger bases. Nobody cares. And then 2024, potentially, they're going to introduce an automated strike zone. Ugh, just kill me now. So those are the changes in baseball upcoming and my analysis uh, of the impact of those. And that's all I have for you today. I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends all about it. I'm going to be back soon with some more sports talk. I'm going to thank you and have a good day. Thanks.